0: Welcome to the Oda Magazine podcast. We at Oda want to provide a deeper look at the people that we spend the most time with through a podcast featuring creatives and interpreters across art, fashion, film, and other creative disciplines. Each episode highlights the work of the individuals contributing to the culture in conversations of today and tomorrow. Our guests inspire the future by highlighting everything from diversity, equality, and of course, passion. Oda Magazine is a platform where dreams, inspiration, and imagination can grow to the next level and be shared with those ready to be inspired. Hi. Oh, hey.
1: hey Benji. Hi, How are you?
0: are you? I'm good, thank you. and Thank you so much for, for being here. Um, and so so prior to establishing Completed Works, you, you studied philosophy and math at the University of Oxford Um, having stated that this created kind of a reductionist outlook for yourself uh, whereby the focus falls onto the smaller elements within um, ideas and items of complexity how do you reflect this in your brand?
1: Um, Yeah so well it's a funny thing because I feel like people always feel like it's a strange um, path to go from maths and philosophy to jewellery but for me I think there's this mix of both precision and creativity to both subjects which actually lends itself really well mm-hmm. um and, and with reductionism I guess for me it's about somehow extracting from something complex like extracting the simple from that and at, at the same time in that process revealing or trying to reveal a pattern or structure or, or common language um And similarly with jewellery, each collection of ours is always considered to be a series of pieces with a common thread. Mm. Um, And then I guess the pieces themselves, they don't necessarily need to be complicated, always trying to be more precise um, with every piece and kind of simplifying it and editing it down to eliminate anything distracting that doesn't need to be there, which is something that you kind of learn with maths and philosophy, that a a beautiful argument is one where, um, there's no unnecessary elements in a way. And I guess it's just an an approach and an idea that we keep in mind in everything we do. But at the same time, always, I guess, also not trying to let it overly dictate the process. Mm. Um, I think you still need to have a certain freedom and sense of letting go whenever you're creating something new so yeah. i would never want to kind of say that we are kind of creating in one specific way over another but just kind mm. of keeping certain things in mind when creating if mm.
0: that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely i think that that lends quite nicely into into the follow-up question that i have with that and that's that um, both both maths and philosophy and everything that you describe kind of have these, these contrasting <laughs> notions um, that exist actually within your homeware objects um, that hold no real defined shape um, but obviously have a very definite purpose um, which is really kind of creating um, a subjective interpretation so do you aim for ambiguity within your work and a subjective approach for the interpretation that people will have?
1: Yeah, I mean that's such a nice observation. Um, I think when it comes to creating, I am often I, I often find myself searching for a balance between opposing forces. I like always trying to find this place where opposites meet somehow. Um, mm. I think there's something definitely very satisfying about taking a traditional medium, such as glassware, for example, and then subverting it to a place of newness. Um, But I guess speaking of the ambiguity, what I love about ambiguity and form is that it gives this kind of expressiveness and it's almost, it can almost be seen as this like anthropomorphization of an everyday object.
0: They Mm. look
1: like they're very alive, whether it be like one of our melted glasses or a vase, that's just at the point of being squeezed. And I love that kind of expressive potential. Um, which I think it is a theme that runs through quite a lot of our pieces. So yeah, I yeah. Think that's a really nice observation, this kind of subjective ambiguity.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I, th- I think that that's also where where a fascination of mine lies, especially within still life, is that I think the best still life is when you can feel life within it.
1: It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. And I think we we often look at kind of, we're often looking at art and still lifes um, as part of our inspiration so yeah that's a really nice observation
0: too um i know that, that yeah I, th- I think i mentioned it to you <laughs> when i was there that it, 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 so it's it, there's such obscurity around it that you must you must revel in people's reactions <laughs> seeing seeing <laughs> um how does it feel when you when you see people's faces reacting to it oh it's
1: so it's so nice because i think when you're involved in creating things you just part of it is just wanting to get it out into the world um, and seeing those reactions and being involved in an exchange of dialogue. Um, Like when I met you for the first time in Paris and being able to talk about the collections, it also helps me because you might suggest something or anyone that is observing it might make me also see something in a new way and help me refine my own practice. So yeah I think it's a really crucial part of the process for me Um, and even like we we also um, opened our showroom in London earlier this year and having it was important with that space that we would be creating something where we had clients come in and see Mm -hmm. the full collections in the context of a space that felt also that it was like it was allowing them to step into our world um but then also having being able to have that dialogue with the clients directly is also really important and I think comes back to what what you were saying in your question about how does it make you how does it make you feel to see those reactions I think it's really important to learn and grow from them
0: Mm, yeah definitely just as as a side note I've seen the images of um the showroom in London it's really beautiful you've really created a lot thank you yeah it's, it's it's really lovely um so so in in the bio that you've written for for completed works um you've stated that you aim to explore broader questions about the human condition and trade blows with history politics and the language of art um can you tell me a little bit more about this how how can a brand sit in the middle of such large and broad subject matters
1: i think it sounds quite more serious than it is, but I think it all comes in for us through the process of developing a collection and mm. being kind of aware that we're not designing the pieces in a vacuum. They end, end up inevitably like referencing how we spend our days and the books we read, um, the art we see. And we're always looking to find ideas by accident um, through reading, watching and, and mining subjects from everywhere, whether it be historical or political ideas or everyday life, Um, and then trying to use those thoughts and ideas to kind of create a dialogue somehow between the materials we're using and an idea. Um, But there might not, it might not even need to be any obvious traces of that process in the final piece. It could just be there subtly and I think, it's the most important thing also is that the pieces are just visually beautiful and kind of concerned also in their own right without needing to be burdened with the process that we went through to create them. So it's not as if the end where necessarily needs to know, if <laughs> you see what right. I mean. Um, no. But yeah, I, I guess it's also, we also using we try to kind of subtly hint to it in a way through maybe like the names of the pieces that we add to the um, add to them to kind of subtly give context because those names that we choose often also reflect the ideas and feelings that we were exploring when the pieces were designed.
0: yeah I, th- I think that's so beautiful because i I think in many respects artists art is a reflection of our current times and regardless of how how obvious that is or how subtle it is i think that it's it's almost it's natural for art to to take on that that reflection
1: yeah
0: it's so true um so where was i <laughs> um <laughs> I, I would really love to hear about um your favorite piece of homework that you've created and the process that was that was taken to create it um if you had to select are you able to would you
1: I mean, yeah, it's like choosing a a favorite child in a way, but um, if I really had to, I guess, I would maybe choose um, one of our squeeze vases, which has this Mm -hmm. kind of cinched in profile and it's kind of gathered with uh, pearls at the center. And what I love about that vase is that it explores a theme that we're constantly coming back to across both jewelry and objects these sorts of aesthetic juxtapositions and the idea of deception of materials in a way or kind of playing with the visual expectations and properties of the piece. Mm. So for this vase, for example, it's like a hard ceramic form, but then it's deliberate, deliberately appearing to imitate the proper, visual properties of something much more supple like fabric or foam, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really satisfying and because it kind of, it's something which repeats across multiple collections. I I like the idea that the collections are kind of speaking to each other and repeating, but always in an iterative way, kind of moving the process forward or or moving the theme forward in a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in terms of actually the process to create it, um, we actually started with fabric, um, plaster, So quite experimental. And I think what I love about a lot of the starting points of our pieces is that it's often from a a different material to the next, depending Mm. on what we're trying to achieve and and the best way to do it. Because every material always has a different density or a different weight. And so when it comes to a specific idea, we always want to explore it. Um, By finding the, the right material that has the right resistance to convey whatever idea we're thinking of whether it be string or in this case fabric or toothpaste or modeling clay Mm. Um, yeah it can kind of start anywhere and then they but then coming from those different starting points they can also end up still looking very cohesive which i think is really nice
0: did you say toothpaste
1: (laughs) yeah i probably shouldn't admit these things (laughs) sometimes (laughs) it has the perfect softness
0: (laughs) how how does how does it work if you use toothpaste for for design
1: um so it would probably be um I don't think we've ever actually used it directly but it it could be that you would use it to create a certain silhouette or toothpaste sculpture and then from there move into another material that would yeah, you would be able yeah. to actually then mold mold with or
0: take a yeah. mold of. Gosh, that's so interesting. I never, I never even thought about <laughs> it. You know, the, the next time
1: you brush your teeth, you can create uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <wear> your own <laughs> sculpture.
0: <laughs> um, so so what what's really lovely to see from from your social media and from your website as well is that there there seems to be a, a real definite community developing around you and, and the label um how would you describe the group of people that completed works attracts um what defines uh the 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 completed works individual
1: um I'm not sure how I would describe it because I think all of our customers end up kind of being quite a varied group but I think I definitely have in terms from the designing side Mm. I I guess I have something in mind, which is to say, I'm always thinking of someone who wants to express something through their choice of jewelry or or object or accessory. And I guess I hope that we're attracting someone who wants to build a collection that they feel is authentic and personal to them and reflects the journey they've taken. And we started with jewellery before moving, adding homeware as a category. And what I love about jewellery is that the wearer inevitably has a relationship with the piece because of the intimacy of the scale and the fact that it's kind of worn in the body. Um, I think it often, often I see with our our clients, it, it kind of ends up representing something for them, even if only it's just to say that they made a choice to put that piece on today. Um, mm. because no one really needs to wear jewellery in the same way that you do clothes yes. um, which is something that I really love about it it it's, it means that actually it's really expressing something for them and um, yeah I guess that form of self-expression is what I really love that it's not just my self-expression it's also the self-expression of the person that's chose to wear the piece or to put the or to have a vase in a particular place in their room yes um yeah is also self expression i guess yeah.
0: and i think that i think that links back really nicely to what we were chatting about previously about that that kind of subjective ambiguity is that your pieces are subjective in the sense that I feel like they can cater for a broad range of people that the the idea of the completed works individual can is incredibly vast quite diverse
1: yeah I really hope so I yeah I hope that it's kind of um not narrow to any one particular direction and that Mm. like you said with ambiguity it's open to interpretation and people can see different they can see whatever they want to see in a piece, which I think is really lovely. Um,
0: so, so you also hold, or um, well, sorry, on your website you you promote the stories, classes, and tutorials of of other female creatives, um, whether they're sharing recipes, guides on on mantras of life, or giving tips uh, for even even garden work. Um, and they're also incredibly detailed and intimate. Can you tell me more about the reasoning behind wanting to share uh, the creativity of other women?
1: Yeah I think it come it comes down to um that people are at their best I think when they're con- when they are acting as a community and part of the purpose or one of the purposes as of completed works has been to build a community around connecting people um whether it be with ideas about themselves or art in the world um so I, I guess that's really what we're trying to achieve um, with that element of what we're doing. And it's the same again with the the showroom space um, in London. We wanted it to not just be about retail. We designed it to be able to also host workshops and events um, in the space so that it could also just be all, you know, about an exchange of ideas and building up relationships and communities. Yeah, I think that's just one of the elements that we kind of wanted to bring with what we're no. creating.
0: Are you um? Are you holding? Are you now holding workshops in the London space?
1: Yeah, we have we have been not as regularly as we would have liked, but um, we've we've had a few so far, and, and one of my favourite ones has been we've done a couple of ceramic workshops for clients, and I, I think. Mean- it's yeah. You have to. I will let you know for the next one. But it, it's this very meditative thing to do, and you let yourself be free in it. And when you get over that initial kind of um, I, what's the word? I mean, when you get when you let yourself let yourself go in it and not worry about any expectations of what you're going to create. I think it can be a very um, special special thing to be working with because. Clay is this really emotive uh, medium that you kind of—it moves with your hand movements. You look at it; it suggests things to you, and you move again, and you can kind of have this dialogue with a lump of clay, which mm-hmm. sounds kind of ridiculous, but it does end up happening.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm sure it's actually <laughs> right on the top of my bucket list right now. So um, please do yeah. let me know. When-
1: yeah, I, I will do
0: um so in, in time from the previous question you also have a space on your website called the reading room that's uh, more dedicated to the literature and the sharing um power of prose um i believe that this started during lockdown uh, where we were confined to spaces only with ourselves and our own company um but following on from that what beauty do you feel lies in a book that you're able you're unable to find elsewhere
1: i think it's such it's such a direct and rich um communication of an idea, um, it can be such a direct and rich communication of an idea by the nature um, of, of the art form of books, um, using language to kind of create, convey this intangible experience, or even like understanding other people's experiences better. I think you can't really do that in such a direct way as you, as you can with literature. And it's also this kind of singular art form that leaves all of its sensory information up to the imagination. And all we have is like words on a page, which, yeah, I think that's really special. And how how those words might be read aloud and what sights and sounds and smells um, they, that might evoke there are entirely up to the reader. And in that sense, yeah, I guess, I think that you, you find something that you can't find elsewhere in, a, in another art form. Yes, It's kind yeah. of, yeah, the most elusive one and it's everything and nothing one at the same time.
0: Mm. What are you reading at the moment?
1: I, um, I'm reading this, the trilogy um, by Rachel Cusk, but I'm kind of like, yeah, I need to make more time. <laughs> I need to make more time in my day. Because it's taking me, it's a very short book, but it's taking me embarrassingly long to get through.
0: Just I, I really I do, time. do relate to that. I feel like <laughs> sending so many emails and looking at so much text all the time that and the no, ability, no, it's terrible. On any more words is, <laughs> But yeah, I do need to dedicate more time. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Um, to so, to go on to like the image direction that you use for for your campaigns and your products, um, there's often the incorporation of food or innate objects, um, and as we were kind of discussing with with still life providing providing life and soul within it, um, while also offering touches of humor within with within the images you use. Um, how does such a, an approach reflect your outlook for the brand?
1: It's actually, yeah, I feel like shooting the campaigns or the kind of still lifes to go with the pieces, it ends up being one of my favorite parts of the development of the collection in a way. Because it's when you're really giving like life and context to the pieces and it allows you to become a spectator to the collection and And it's also I guess yeah it's about adding that additional context to the completed works world through these visual cues which like you said they sometimes have this kind of touch of humor to them or they're trying to kind of place something slightly out of context um this kind of yeah and I think it speaks a little bit to also kind of what we're trying to achieve with each collection which is this idea of like quite a classic or modern piece, but with something, with some kind of irreverent or subversive element to it. Um, Mm. Yeah, so I think, yeah, kind of adding that context and maybe also sometimes we might shoot the piece in the context that inspired the making somehow, or maybe it would just be something playful in what we're creating.
0: Yes. Nice. and it, it also it kind of attests to what you were saying earlier where where you where we were talking about how art is is a reflective of the current times, but it doesn't necessarily always need to scream it and so yeah, within it's it, so true. those little elements that you're incorporating into it that speak and attest to it without it being like this is an orange <laughs> <If you don't laughs>
1: yeah, definitely, yeah, I'm all for subtlety, mm.
0: Um, so you mentioned in an interview with Browns um, that you read an article previously discussing how interior artists use their creativity to kind of give an insight into themselves, uh, their lives or their personalities. Um, what do you believe you share about yourself through your designs?
1: Yeah, I think creating for me is definitely um, a really direct form of self-expression. And um, like I was kind of describing just now, I think what we're trying to create is this. Something very kind of classic and unfussy, but with subversive undertones to it. But um, sometimes I think, as well, kind of being of mixed race heritage, I kind of somehow imbuing this in the jewelry. Whether there's this tension between two languages or two mil- two worlds, um, and and what and what comes out of that. Somehow, I don't know. If that makes sense um, and then i guess and then always having an element of consideration for materials at the forefront of whatever we're doing as well mm-hmm. trying to push the boundaries of what um responsibly sourced materials can achieve
0: you um you mentioned just then that um it was classic and unfussy would you describe yourself as classic and unfussy <laughs>
1: Um, I hope so yeah I think I'm definitely I think in a world where things are kind of constantly changing it can be quite reassuring to hold on to classicism in some ways but I wouldn't but then it always I would want it to have a definitely like a a modern relevance to it um, and also have I think I use the word subversive, but have this kind of strangeness to it um, at the same time as having this kind of classic side as well.
0: Nice. Um, so many of your collections are aptly named after the inspiration that, uh, that formed them. For example, Tide derived from the Easter Islanders, moving the, the fame statues using the ropes. Um, in your opinion, which collection stands out as the one with the greatest importance
1: I think, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm too close for them to choose, close to yeah, to choose, I but... Do, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then I guess it's also for me about what the wearer responds to, and they might not even know or care about the origin of the collection, which is also fine. Um, but maybe I could just talk a little bit, you mentioned tides, so maybe I can just talk a little bit about that collection because it's it's one of our earlier ones so I feel yeah I feel like the earlier ones also always have this kind of um special place in my heart and I'm very bad at letting go of them oh really Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm very bad at letting go of them and kind of editing them out of the collection
0: yes because you,
1: you end up having such a personal you have such a kind of strong connection to each piece it reminds you of Where you were when you were thinking about it, or um, but yeah, I'm getting off topic. But so, so there's a pair of earrings, um, in the Tide collection, which I feel like it really expresses well what the whole collection is about, and that's the it's a pair of earrings called Thread, and they have this visual element of tension between weight and gravity in their form, it's kind of they're like loose knots, just about. Uh, to unravel or come and done and I love this sense of expectation that they evoke um, but as you mentioned already actually in developing that collection that these earrings are part of we were inspired by um how the east islanders use ropes to move the Mo'i, um, moai statues and we were interested to look at how um this kind of relates to more modern times and how we tie down objects and structures that matter to us um and end up kind of carrying the withers and and in so doing kind of become tied down ourselves um but there's so many like so many interesting things about what happened on Easter Island and and the Polynesians of Nui, which is um East island they traveled over thousands of miles of open ocean to reach their new home um, just kind of incredible navigational skills um if you think about it and very few possessions and when they arrived they they put down their roots and they built ropes and used them to to erect kind of permanent monuments to their new place of belonging and it wasn't until europeans arrived hundreds of years later um, that they never left the island and I, I think this story is one of many one that many of us go through kind of starting as wanderers and ending up cats to our possessions
0: I love that I really really love maybe it's one
1: of my favorite <laughs> collections because
0: yeah. it, it, it speaks of journey it, it doesn't yeah it doesn't definitely anybody being kind of content in their complacency it it shows movement within it I like it
1: yeah that's so true
0: um so so yeah um going on from jewelry so the jewelry line started in 2013 and then you later expanded uh, more recently in 2021 to homeware. Um going into homeware did you or how did you intend to change the field of the homeware industry um and make your mark on an industry that's already very heavily saturated?
1: I think, yeah, I think it's something that's kind of constantly, even with the jewellery, kind of constantly been at the back of our minds, thinking how how can we make sure what we're doing is relevant Mm. and with enough kind of cultural value to make it even, like, worthwhile. Um, And it's definitely something that has kind of informed our vision and we keep in the back of our minds all the time to make sure that we're creating Beautiful and enduring pieces, um, and that ultimately we hope, kind of looking back, say in, in 30 years' time, we our kind of goal is to hope that we might have changed the cultural landscape in, in some small sort of positive way. So I, I guess it's about doing something in a new way, if you can, and um, yeah.
0: Mm
1: kind of trying to make trying to yeah do something in a new way and in that process try to make a small kind of change to the cultural landscape
0: nice yeah actually in in line with that a later question that I was going to ask but um when you are creating those collections you just mentioned the the small the small cultural changes um maybe happening over over and over a length of time but um when when you are creating the collections from the directions to the finer details does your mind operate like that do you focus on the smaller steps or um do you kind of envision the larger picture going through how how calculated are you in your movements
1: (laughs) um probably not as calculated as I'd like to be but I yeah I don't know I think going through periods of creativity um you can kind of yeah, I guess I, I can spend a lot of time kind of having ideas like whirling around in my head and I I know that I have to just note them down as they occur. Otherwise, I will just forget them or, or they might become diluted. Um, but I don't... And then maybe I kind of come back and add some kind of sense of order retrospectively. Um. But yeah, I don't know. And I, I feel like I definitely have this kind of, and I've ha- I feel like I've had it since a child, but when I have this, an idea to do something, I just have this kind of really annoying urgency in me to see it through, which is also very kind of, it kind of leads to chronic dissatisfaction because you you have to be so, you have to exercise so much patience yes. as a small <laughs> an independent brand and be kind of yeah aware that things take time so yeah it's a kind of constant
0: battle mm, yeah, in, a good um, in, that, in that same regard so um yeah looking back at the last 10 years and the, and the vision that you said that you've had since since you were a kid um do you still kind of maintain that same vision or have things do things change as the years go by
1: I think definitely trying, yeah, definitely still maintain the same vision, but maybe um, it's been refined over the years. And and I think um, it's like you were saying, like fashion as an art form, it's kind of, it's always reflecting what's happening um, culturally in society. And I think over those 10 years, there's been definitely like a, a really positive shift towards um people taking sustainability on and activism um in their own lives or as part of the fabric of their brand and I think maybe that's the thing that has definitely helped kind of change refine the vision in a way and I and I hope that kind of landscape that we're surrounded in continues because it's a it's a different world now to 10 years ago nobody needs new jewelry or a new handbag um but yet we all there is there's a, everyone has a a desire for creativity and self-expression so not to say it's a bad thing craving that kind of craving for newness i think that's also something um within us that we want to satisfy but i think it's just about kind of doing it in a responsible way Um, and I think yeah I think over the last 10 years the way that that kind of arena has moved on is is super exciting um kind of people pushing the boundaries of what they can do with the materials and responsible materials and I think as a customer you no longer have to compromise on kind of compromise by opting for something eco-friendly it's not that you're having to you can do that without compromising on the look or feel of a piece at the same time
0: Yes, yeah I completely I think that it doesn't just it's not just about refining the vision at the same time it's elevating it um it's kind of yeah
1: yeah definitely
0: the way that it's done. And I think that I think it leads on nicely to from what you said about the sustainable ethos that that sits at the heart of completed works and your vision. Um whether you're using recycled glass or bioresin or working with fair trade gold and silver, in many ways this adds to the production cost, however, even though we are refining and elevating the production costs increase. But it sounds like sustainability is is really sitting at the core. Um, why is such an approach important to you when when Probably the reality is, is that you could be saving money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> saving money and saving massive headaches and <laughs> yeah. developing the roots. Um, but Yeah, I don't know. I think it's true um, that making sure you respect certain values can be more challenging. Um, and it is. it's a much slower and more costly way to work. But I think I just don't see that there's any other way to do it in this kind of current climate that we're living in. I think if you're launching a brand right now, um, you, you can't really not be thinking about how you're going to incorporate recycled or renewable materials into what you're doing because you're anywhere, you're not really future proofing yourself. Even if you mm. don't, yeah, even if you don't care, it's a it's a whole yeah, you have to also just future proof what you're doing. Um, so it makes sense, I think. Um, and I think we have to be, as humans, we have this desire to kind of express our individuality and seek out newness, but then at the same time we're global citizens and it's more important than ever to be doing those things in a, in a considered way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it might not be the easy route, but I kind of see it as the only route, really.
0: Yeah, nice. Um, so I
1: think so- as a... Sorry, I'm interrupting you, but brand. I was going to add that I think what is also kind of feels a little bit of a luxury as a small brand um, is that you, you don't really have anyone to answer to. And so you do have this opportunity to kind of carve out your own path in a way that works for you. And I, I think um, that's why I was kind of saying, if you're going to launch a new brand right now, you have to kind of be thinking about these things because mm-hmm. someone needs to be.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Um, so when you aren't creating a collect, uh, when you aren't creating your collections and designing for the business, um, how <laughs> do you express your joy and creativity? Are there other areas of your life where art resides?
1: Um, I definitely, yeah, I I definitely think so. I think, I mean, the biggest kind of non-business but still creative project uh, that I've been working on recently has been renovating a house
0: oh amazing so that, yeah
1: that was a big a big project that took a lot of time Hi. but actually i yeah i feel like i learned a lot through that process as well about especially because part of the you know the products that were producing are objects to go in a home so it was really beneficial to kind of be thinking about interiors um yeah so that's that's been nice and then other than that, I guess, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand, but because we've moved into a new place, have been renovating. I've also been making kind of bigger furniture slash kind of sculpture, oh, okay. yeah, sculpture pieces for the house. I mean, they're kind of, they're very primitive, but they, yeah, I don't know. It's been, it's actually been really nice to make something that's just for myself without any expectations um or kind of yeah the weight of expectations that come with making something that's part of a collection or a brand so yeah it's oh sorry you cut off a bit then what did you say
0: are these large-scale pieces that you're creating now
1: um yeah i mean large scale in the sense that they're bigger than jewelry <laughs> but um no they they're bigger than they're bigger than the objects
0: but they're okay. kind of
1: non non-functional, just kind of okay. yeah, sculptural pieces that kind of sit in the room and don't really have a purpose other than just to be, which is quite nice.
0: Yeah, that's so nice. Oh, I would love to see those on there. Please send me send us photos. Yes. <laughs> I would love yeah, to you your...
1: can come for dinner.
0: Yeah, see, that would be what um, And so um where was I? Um, so actually moving on to fashion, this is something that um, when I met you in Paris, I was like, I love you <laughs> from what you, from what you, <laughs> um, the, so from, by all, by all means, from, from when I met you and then also from your social media, you kind of have a, a very defined and signature silhouette that you kind of like to play with. Um, it's slightly larger with a lot of fluidity, which I think is also reflected in the pieces that, that you have, but also in turn, they shape really beautifully. Um, in the same way that designers use the, use their designs to showcase their interior, we also use fashion, obviously to alter our exterior. How does your fashion define you?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like I'm <laughs> I feel like I'm very um my kind of personal style can end up being quite eclectic in a way. Um, mm. but I think in general, I, I kind of take the same approach with personal style as I do to developing collections. This kind of idea of, um, yeah, I guess like this kind of being very drawn to the reassuringness of like a classic silhouette, um, like I was saying earlier, but always I like it when it's been done in a kind of unexpected or subversive way that makes it like really relevant to a modern context. I think when someone's done that well, I think that's really beautiful. Um, and then I guess it, I like to kind of maybe put together garments in unexpected ways or contrasting ways. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not very good at self-reflection. <laughs> <laughs> style, but maybe, yeah, somehow that's how I would define it.
0: Yeah. Well, even if you're not very good at evaluating it into words, it, it looks great. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so
1: thank you. You're very kind. <laughs>
0: um and so so last question so you're currently based in london as you've mentioned and then you're working living with your family and then also as you as you said like (laughs) renovating an entire house right now um so from the experiences you've had between the business and then the messages that you like to relay within the pieces what elements of these do you want to embark onto your children whether it's kind of future-proofing and carving your space or um thinking about passions what what would you like them to take away from this
1: I mean, yeah, I think all of those, all of those things. I think, yeah, I definitely hope I would instill in them the sense that they can kind of carve out their own own path in, in whatever field they choose to go into. I think that's something that's really important to me and I hope they will feel they don't need to kind of follow any kind of conventions or traditional expectations of them. Um, I feel like I just honestly feel so lucky to get to do what I do every day and I think being able to kind of spend time exploring ideas that interest me and and run with that feels just like this inestimable inestimable luxury so I hope they get to do that um in whatever field that they yeah they they choose to explore definitely nice
0: um as a as a side note Going into maths and philosophy initially, would that have been your chosen direction at the time?
1: um Do you mean do I regret it, <laughs> or do <you laughs> no, <because laughs>
0: from from my perspective, I I studied history and politics, um, yeah, nice, or into creativity and obviously now working for for larger creative magazines. If somebody asked me yeah. if I regret it, I would say no. But at the time. It wouldn't have been the chosen progression does that make sense
1: yeah yeah that makes sense um yeah I feel like I'm I mean I feel like for me I feel like I learned so much from those being able to kind of have the space to study those two subjects and I'm not sure when else in my life I would have that kind of freedom or luxury to do that so I think yeah I definitely don't regret it and I think for me, there is kind of, I guess it kind of ties back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Um, I, I do feel like there's, there were kind of studying those subjects was about finding new ways to kind of understand the world. And I think that's what I, I hope that I can kind of bring to completed works in a way, I think. So yeah, I think it's a kind of perfect perfect path somehow yeah even it's an unexpected or non-traditional one
0: mm-hmm. um perfect that so that's everything on my end is there anything else that you that you would like to talk about anything that's um that's up and coming that will be released around the september period that you'd like to mention or are you good
1: well yeah i mean we we're super excited actually to be launching um a new kind of category um which is our handbag collection um, oh so yeah that should be coming out i guess yeah september october time
0: okay i'm so yeah, really excited I... about that that's but maybe Have evan
1: you... can send you photos
0: yeah um, I, yeah i guess evan's evan's still listening um if you would like so the order is going to go to print around about the 26th of september so during fashion week oh perfect uh, so, if there was anything, whether we, you can send me a press release, for example, and I can reformat it and place it into the interview. Um, if you nice. did want to mention those, because um, if the timing works out, that would be really lovely. Yeah,
1: that would be amazing. Oh, okay. so nice talking to you. Yeah, really
0: nice. So thank nice. you. I'm so happy that um, that we were able to progress with this. And I yeah, know, uh, same. Thank and you absolutely. so
1: much, and enjoy the rest of your summer in. I Hello.
0: I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to dance here. To be honest, that's the that's the big thing that I'm that I'm happy about.
1: Yeah, amazing. Oh, enjoy.
0: And and likewise, enjoy. And I'll be in touch soon. I will send through once the transcription comes um, back our way and I've edited everything. I'll send it back to to Evan and yourself. You can have a look through it. If there's anything you'd like to remove or add, then just give me an email for and I can. Oh, perfect. I can- Okay. Thank you so okay. much. You're so welcome. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you, Evan. And um, yeah. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I will send you the release for the for guys. Just... Amazing. That'll
0: be great. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Have a while. Bye. 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 Thank you.
1: Bye.